Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined here by my co-host and I dare say star of the show, Tanner D'Agostino. This is The Sauce, episode 358 on the network right now. Before we bring Tanner on to tell us what's bothering him today, we want to thank our audience, 60,000 subscribers, grassroots MLB front offices. We appreciate your support. Make sure you continue to download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Give this show five stars afterwards and write some great comments underneath it because we do battle the analytics of the podcast world just like they do in Major League Baseball. We appreciate your support getting us on the very powerful iHeartRadio podcast network. Let's keep us there. Keep us climbing. Second to Blackout Coffee, their slogan is Be Awake, Not Woke. We appreciate your friendship. At checkout, type in DAVID, all capital letters, D-A-V-I-D, with the number 20 afterwards. You'll get 20% off your purchase. You can buy as much coffee as you want. Gosh, give it, give the code out to anybody you want. Let's support our friends there. After your first purchase, you will get 15% in perpetuity. So I love friends that love sports, specifically baseball. Love people that give us discounts and certainly love people that love coffee. So I uh, appreciate them. And with that, bring Tanner onto the show. Tanner, welcome back to your show. Well, I'm excited to be on the second ever episode of The Sauce. I think it's going to be a fun week. And I think we're going to have a good show today. Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, you won't be back for week three. You're, you're one and done. Last week, you made it through week one. Um, audience responded. You got a lot of good uh, first-time listeners to the show, so you, you must be saying something right. But uh, we're going to put you on one-day one, one day contracts. What do you think about that? Is that I, fair? Yeah, I, I guess know. so. I don't think it's that fair, but I'm glad you do. You put it on the air so everybody heard it. So I have 60,000 witnesses saying you think it's fair. So, hey, respond to the show. Like it or don't like it, let us know. But, uh, you know, we watched the college football selection show week three. First week was kind of boring. You know, they really didn't do much with it. Well, we, we both thought they were lazy uh, with their approach. They just basically lumped people by by no losses, one losses, two losses. Wasn't a lot of change in week two. We had our first show last week following week two. A little bit of change. You made some great points, I thought. Week three, uh, you know, they, they, they came out with a little different approach to it and your insight into it is you, you're starting to foreshadow some things happening. I won't spoil the punchline here, but I asked you the question the night of the show because I, I saw you walking, pacing through the house thinking. And so the question I asked you was, what didn't make sense to you when you watched that? And I don't want you to spoil the whole thing. Now, just give us the, the five or six points that you pointed out to me. Very simple, very straightforward. We'll go through one in depth afterwards. Well, the first thing is the jump with Missouri. They jump pretty high. Um, Alabama-Texas relationship, whether Alabama could jump Texas, because that's the drum. Uh, the Georgia jumping Ohio State in the top three teams up there. Um, so Georgia, the, Ohio State, Michigan, that, yeah. that bundle? Okay. The Michigan trial, there was a conclusion either today or yesterday, I forget. And then the apparent SEC bias in the committee. They, they're raising teams in the SEC, it looks like. Yeah, and I like that point too. I mean, I'm gonna, I'd love to get you and Paul Feinbaum in a room together, maybe a bare knuckle boxing or a wrestling match, because your points are total opposite of his his paradigm, his his focus of the the college football. Well, we do know he's a he's an SEC homer. Uh, for full disclosure with the audience, Tanner's wearing his Michigan hat, Michigan shirt, and his hashtag Bet Free Harbaugh brand new T shirt. So we can kind of tell which side he's on. With the show, so first point, uh, I like the point, and I'll lead you into each one if that's okay with you. And you feel free to jump around. I mean, don't don't go by uh, go by my order by any means. But the very first thing you talked about, um, and I'm okay with it. Let's talk about Missouri. Uh, you know, they they ended up uh, moving up to number nine. They've got two losses, so they broke that mold, right? Of you know, the first week we we thought that they just grouped them by loss. Uh, now Missouri jumps to number nine. Just kind of go in depth there to speak out loud for us here. What bothers you? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Well, Missouri jumped pretty high, and I don't think that's fair to other teams. They lost to – they. Well, who's it not fair to? Penn State, mostly. 
Okay. Penn State's deep, deep has one of the best defenses in the country. If you take out sacks, they have the best defense, rushing defense in the country. Because for some reason, college football adds sacks to rushing yards. So sacks, sacks of the quarterback, they add that. If you take that away, they have the best rushing defense okay. in college football. So you like so your 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 rub is a little bit with Missouri and the Penn State issue. Now Penn State got handled by Michigan. They played Ohio State tough, uh, but those are that's according to the polls, team number two and team number three. And those two teams, well, Michigan in particular, Ohio State, not so much. Michigan's made some teams look really foolish this year. Yeah, that that's what they do. They they physically handle teams. They win the line of scrimmage. They win the trenches. Can, can we agree that the Penn State played poorly against those two, Ohio State and Michigan? Yeah, and they didn't play up to their standards, especially offensively. They did play well defensively, I think, in both games. Yeah, they, I think they're I, outside of Michigan and, and, I don't know, maybe Georgia. I don't know that I've seen a better defensive team in the country than Penn State, and I like your point. Now, full, you know, full disclosure: everybody's played poorly against Ohio State and Michigan. It's because they're really good. So Penn State playing poorly against them did not um, is not a big uh, big issue in my mind. So number one in rushing defense, you said if you take out sacks, which I think sacks, you should. Yeah. I think you should. Um, where are they at? People bang on their offense. They just fired their offensive coordinator, but you know. Kind of going further, scoring defense are number four in the country, but the people bang on their offense. But you know, they're not they're not as bad as people are saying. Yeah, they're fourteenth in scoring offense and fourth in scoring defense. So they they win games and fourteenth in scoring offense is pretty good in the country. And I mean, Missouri's nowhere near that. If I'm not wrong, no, you're not. And I'm going to steal from your notes. You do the you. Tanner does the research for all of our shows for me on my end here. So um, he did research for his own show, and I'm going to steal from it. You, everybody thinks Missouri is this tremendous offensive team, correct? Yeah. So Penn State in scoring offense is 16 places higher than them. So Missouri is 30th. Mm-hmm. Scoring defense, Penn State is 44 places higher. So, so Missouri is 48th in scoring defense. So if the committee has taken a look at, um, I guess analytics outside of schedule, Penn State's the better of the two teams. Yeah. No? And they 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 both have two losses. Who did who now Missouri has who's Missouri's big win? Their big win was last week against Tennessee, who I think I don't want to spoil my picks. I don't really have any, but they're probably not gonna be ranked by the end of next week because I don't think they're they can beat Georgia. Now doesn't that hurt? And we're skipping your we're skipping into your points though. But Tennessee's ranked 18th right now. Yeah. Overall, no. aren't they? Yeah. They're ranked 18th by the new college football poll. Um, Missouri's ranked 9th. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of leading into that last point that you made about uh, a little bit of bias. But, uh, you know, Missouri Missouri getting ranked up there, what did that did that help at all with your second point? Or with your third point, actually? I'm skipping over a second. Did that help at all with Georgia? getting pushed up to number one over Ohio State? I think so. I think it helped their argument. I think they would have done it anyways, but I think it helped their argument to do it. Okay, so so break it down for our audience here. So, um, you know, oversimplifying it, Georgia and Alabama are good. Yes. Right? That's an understatement. So Missouri beat number 18, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee appeared at number 18. Who did, who did Tennessee, uh, they got beat by who? They got beat by Florida, Alabama, and Missouri. So of course we said Missouri. So Alabama's not a bad loss, right? They're you know they're they're number what eight in the poll yeah. right now. Okay, so they keep getting better and better. Arguably, you know we're going to see them in the SEC championship game, I would imagine. And you know if they win, we'll talk about that a little bit later too with the Texas Alabama situation. But uh, is is it is Tennessee overrated? I think so. I think they're way too high. Who, who's their best win? Their best win is a basketball school, right? Kentucky. Yeah, it's Kentucky. Um, that's that's not great considering that Georgia blew them out, and Georgia blows most teams out. But the way they did it, it it didn't look good for Tennessee's schedule. Yeah. So Tennessee, I know we we kind of skipped through Missouri there with Penn State, but I think the two are linked, right? The Missouri and the Tennessee ranking into the Georgia. It all kind of flows. So 
Uh, Missouri, they had wins against Middle Tennessee State, though, in Memphis. That doesn't impress you at all? No, they didn't even win them by a lot. That's not very impressive to me. So and that kind of that point leads into some of your other points. So you would expect Missouri to go in and manhandle those teams, yeah. although it was earlier in the season. But uh, nonetheless, they should be busting those teams up as the number nine team in the country. So, so your contention, Missouri bothers you at nine. Um, Tennessee bothers you at 18. But those two things led to Georgia being ranked number one. Yeah, I think so. Now, I ask you this question. The committee's premise, sound like my cousin Vinny, right? Is it your premise? The committee's premise is that strength of schedule is the most important thing. We looked at strength of schedule for Georgia and Michigan. Who's got a higher strength of schedule right now? Uh, between Georgia and Michigan, Michigan has the higher strength of schedule with that win against Penn State. And I guess they flip-flopped their uh, motto real quick because Georgia jumped Ohio State, which we're going to get to on later. Um, but, yeah, they strength of schedule didn't seem too, all too important to them during the committee this week. Yeah. Now, Ohio State's got – they beat Penn State. They also beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's still in the top – 20, right? 25. Yeah. So those are two quality wins for them. Ohio State, Maryland was supposed to be better. Michigan plays Maryland this week. And again, I'm bouncing around on you here. Um, but they play Maryland. Maryland was supposed to be better this year. So this was supposed to be a tough three game stretch for Michigan with Penn State, Maryland, and then Ohio State. Uh, but that, you know, we'll discuss why you think it will be a tough matchup for them. But right now on paper, it doesn't look, look very tough. So are you okay with me jumping up to the the whole uh, Georgia number one now? Kind of get up to that. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, so Georgia's number one. Are you are you okay with Georgia being number one? I'm okay with it. I think I like how they. I don't. I think they're better than Ohio State. I like that they jumped Ohio State. I just think that Michigan is still the best team in the country. But if you're going to argue between Georgia and Ohio State, I think Georgia's the better team. Yeah. And I would ask you to take your Michigan hat off as kind of a theoretical thing, but then you'd still have the sweatshirt and the T-shirt on, so that wouldn't make much sense with that. But I, I agree with you. I think Michigan's the best team. The eye test for me, now again, their strength of schedule, they say, isn't great, but uh, analytics tells us that it's better than Georgia's right now because Georgia's big wins have been against who? Uh, their biggest win is Missouri. Then their next biggest win is against Ole Miss. So I think that's 9-14. and 14. Um, although I do think Ole Miss is too high. Um, but those, I guess on paper, those are great wins. I don't know in practice if they're the best ones. Yeah, well, I would agree. I think Ole Miss is a good team, but they got bounced out. They were top 10, correct, last week? Yeah. They bounced out, so they had to move somebody in, which was Missouri. Yeah. But they didn't bounce Ole Miss too far out of the picture with their two losses. So, okay, so Georgia, I'm liking how Carson Beck is playing, their quarterback. Are, are you impressed with him at all? I am impressed with Carson Beck. I think he's played like probably this one of the two best quarterbacks in the SEC. Jalen Milrow's taking big steps up, but uh, I like the way Carson Beck throws the football. I think he throws it beautiful football. He's got great mobility. He's maybe a little more mobile than Stenson Bennett, and that was his big thing. Yeah, I think Beck Bennett had a great career there, and he was came out of nowhere. Beck's legit though. Yeah, he was he was a legit prospect. He's getting better every week, right there. It doesn't hurt that he has uh, Bowers back, though. No, and McConkie's taking steps up. I think he's got two really good weapons he can throw to, and if that doesn't work, he can use his legs because he's capable of that too. Yeah, McCon that was a blessing in disguise. I think McConkie came into his own with Bowers out. Bowers had ankle surgery, and he's back. Remember, ankle surgery puts the normal human out for six months. It took him a couple of weeks, and he's back playing full full speed. So um, I think that team got better with him out because they had to. They weren't relying on him as much. Now he's back in. Um, they're they're going to be dangerous. So I think they're peaking at the right time. Now They've spent 23 straight weeks in the AP poll. We're not talking about the AP here. It's the College Football Selection Committee. Um, so we can get the audience to reset. We, we, do you know the top 10 verbatim off the, you know, to – to run us through the top 10 by the selection committee so they can kind of get their bearings here? Yeah, I think I know it from the top of my head. Um, I think number one is Georgia. Two, they slid down Ohio State. Now Michigan stays at three. They kept Florida State at four. Now we're going to get to them. Yeah. Uh, Washington State at five. Oregon State at six. Texas State at seven. Alabama State at eight. 
Missouri slid up to nine, and then Louisville, right? Lu- 10. Louisville, yeah. One loss. Louisville's at ten. So it's interesting because you got the two ACC teams at four and ten. You got Pac-12 bunched up at uh, five, six, and then the SEC is at one. What's Alabama eight? Yeah, nine with Missouri. Mm-hmm. Big Ten is at two and three now, and you got the lone Big Twelve team. Yeah, at number seven now, who beat Alabama? Interesting. We got, we're going to get to that as well. So Ohio State, Michigan, coming up. Michigan's obviously they played Penn State. Everybody's very vocal about this uh, improper, uh, unsportsmanlike they called it, uh, advanced scouting, not allowed in college football. Um, started off as it was pushed on Harbaugh, uh, but right now it's going, it's believed to be rogue with, with a couple of people. Um, so they were penalized, uh, with the unsportsmanlike, uh, conduct by the big 10. We'll get to the penalty in a minute, but last week, Penn state, Michigan, Michigan ran the ball 32 straight times. Did anybody need a sign when they put nine guys on the line of scrimmage, a quarterback and a running back just ran up the middle 32 times? No, I don't think the sign stealing had anything to do with that one. Alleged sign stealing had anything to do with that one. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted I you. think Blake Corum had a lot to do with it, and Donovan Edwards had a ton to do with it. They're two of the best running backs in the country, best running uh, run-blocking O-line in the country, two really good take tight ends with uh, Colson Loveland, and uh, Jake Barner. I think those are two great tight ends. And I think their running game had everything to do with it, obviously. Now, coming into the week, if you had asked me, I would have said their quarterback was their playmaker, that he was he made the engine go. Agree or disagree? Uh, Yeah, I think coming into the week. Although, I don't think... Remind us of his name, too, by the way. J.J. McCarthy. Um, I don't think J.J. McCarthy... I think J.J. McCarthy is a nice... Ad- he's a great addition. He- he's going to help if they're going to win a national championship. It's going to be with the help of J.J. McCarthy. But I think they show that they don't, they're not relying on J.J. McCarthy. They can use the running game. They can use the tight ends. They can run screen passes. They don't need McCarthy to go out there and sling it all the time. We, I think from the middle of the second quarter to the end of the game, he didn't throw it one time. No, second half he didn't throw it. I don't think. And up till this weekend, uh, Corum, his yards were down from last year, although he was hurt last year. Uh, but uh, I thought McCarthy was he, – he's a difference maker with them. But it was interesting to see how Michigan could adapt the style of play to the game at Penn State. And the number one run defense in the country, you stated, Ohio State couldn't run on them. Michigan racked up, what, over 250 yards on them? Yeah. Or close to it? Blake Corman had 215 all by himself. Okay. So – they they just ran ran on him. They said, we're going to go back to what we've done the last two years. We like McCarthy, but we're going to run the ball. So the, anyway. the, the eye test or analytics, you can pick either one. I mean, either way, Michigan proved that in that head-to-head matchup with Penn State as compared to uh, Ohio State. And didn't Ohio State play him at home? Michigan played Penn State on the road? Yeah. Okay, so again, a little bit of an advantage. That alone would tell me probably Michigan's a better team. But they've got the Notre Dame win. They're hanging their hat on that. So we'll, we'll, we'll give them that one as well. Going from two to three really doesn't make a difference as far as the way the games are played. So we thought Franklin made some bad decisions. For, uh, James Franklin being the Penn State coach, head coach, thought he made some bad decisions. You and I went back and forth in, in, the, uh, in the first half. He decided to go for two early. Yeah. And then he did it again at the end of the game. Um. We, we we agree that was those were out of character. Yeah, and obviously hindsight twenty twenty, they didn't get the onside kick. But if you do get the onside kick, you score a touchdown, you win the game. If you just kick those two extra points, obviously they didn't get that. Yeah. But going for two, I I didn't get it. I think you you keep your guys. You say we're gonna kick the extra point, and at least you have a shot if you don't if you go and then. I don't get why you go for two that early. Well, what's yeah, that early and that late. I mean, there was still over four minutes to go in the game, so we're skipping around, audience. Early in the game, they went for two, totally out of character. Penn State is not a uh, – you know, they've got decent offensive numbers, but their their strength is in their, their D, right? Yeah. 
Went for two early on, just get the points, as you said. Now, late in the game, there was a little over four minutes to go. They still had two timeouts, and um, I believe they were down nine. They went for two. Yeah. Now, I get the thought of, hey, get it down to seven, but or, I'm sorry, I didn't go for two. They, they, they went for fourth down. They mm-hmm. tried to go fourth. It was fourth and six. Sorry, audience. I'm skipping around on my Fourth down, fourth and six. They went for it with four minutes to go. They could have played that field position game again. Still time, two timeouts, make a stop. I mean, their strength is their defense. I thought that was a, those three decisions exemplify an identity crisis. He, he forgot who he was. Mm-hmm. I think he forgot what his team was made of. His team is a Michigan adjacent. They have great defense. They run the ball. I thought the difference in the game would be the quarterback, but the di- the difference they they have two styles. Both teams want to run the ball. Both teams got great defense. His defense was playing lights out, despite yeah. the running numbers. They still were playing great. But I I don't see why you uh, go for it on that situation. Yeah, it's a, and I I agree. I I walked away impressed with Penn State's style of play defensively. Wasn't impressed offensively, but defensively I was. And then you look at the numbers Michigan put up, 250-some-odd yards rushing. It's baffling to say that team is the number one run defense in America, and Michigan just ran all over them and got no no props in the college selection committee for that effort there. They just said it's a win is a win, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Ohio State's win where they snuck by them, basically. Michigan's win where they basically just they physically pounded them. Mm-hmm. Different wins. So... Again, it, it kind of leads to your your point after that. So where do you want to go from here? Do you want to touch on Ohio State? I mentioned we talked about his quarterback after Kyle McCord. Is he good enough in the long long run? We talk about you know McCarthy. We've got Carson Beck, Kyle McCord. How would you rank order those three going into the championship weeks here? Um, I would, number one, I think McCarthy. He was a high, He's not on the Heisman thing anymore because I guess they're put off by his no passes in the second half. But number one, I think, is McCarthy. I think he's the best thrower of the football. I think he's the best runner of the football. I think he goes through his progressions better. Uh, number two, I think Carson Beck. He throws a good football. Yeah, he, good pocket passer. Yeah, he can move it a little. He can move a little bit. And then number three, Kyle McCord, which is unlike Ohio State because they normally have the great quarterback, the Justin Fields, the C.J. Stroud. Uh, Kyle, I guess it only takes one good game uh, for Kyle McCord. This is first year starting, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you can play mediocre, and McCarthy did it last year. You can have that one great game against Michigan, and no one remembers. He's got a great weapon on the outside, though, correct? Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. He also has uh, Ikwe Buka or, some, or something like that. A Buka, a Mecca Buka. Uh, for Ohio State, he's an NFL receiver, so they got two NFL receivers. So he's not short of weapons. Either. Yeah, be interesting to see how he per- he grows over the next couple of games. He's certainly gonna have his coming uh, come to age party against Michigan, uh, even though Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sideline. So I guess that's an appropriate time now to jump to the uh, Michigan court case and then hop into their game this week, and then we can circle back to Florida State. Uh, that kind of that where we think Texas is kind of boxed in maybe. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's, let's hit on the Michigan court case. What did they, what did, what happened? We're supposed to have a live court case today. You kind of share with the audience what happened. So yesterday uh, it came out that Jim Harbaugh accepted the suspension. He's going to sit out for the next two games and th- there's not going to be any court case. And then, Next day, today, they fired their linebacking coach. So we're recording this on Friday here. Yeah. So. And when they fired their linebacking coach, I didn't know why. I thought it might have had something to do. But the report is that the linebacking coach, that the Big Ten, because they have to share evidence before court cases, they showed evidence and it was involved the linebacking coach and the linebacking coach so they fired the linebacking coach. He destroyed evidence. Right? Yes. Uh, as far as, uh, what's, what's the guy, Connor? Connor Stallion. Connor Stallion. Whether it was expense reports or evidence that he had been doing this advanced scouting, uh, linebacker coach had it. His, do you have his name? I don't know. Okay. He's fired now with Michigan. Uh, that came out, and I guess the, the agreement is Harbaugh accepts the two games. 
no further investigation by the Big Ten, which would make me believe that he would be eligible for the Big Ten championship. Yes, he will. Okay. Unless the NCAA moves their usual six-year course or caseload forward and they find him guilty of something. But uh, the Big Ten clause, now you and I have gone back and forth on this, but we, we learned that the Big Ten has a sportsmanship clause in their bylaws. Yeah. Okay. So well within their rights to uh, exercise that, there was enough to say Michigan as a program uh, exhibited a lack of sportsmanship with the advanced scouting. They said it's not specific to Harbaugh, um, that they are punishing the institution. So as a result, he's the leader. He has to sit out. But what, what if anything bothered you about, this is not a fine bomb question, so get him out of your mind. What bothered you about the Big Ten ruling. If we agree that the ruling itself was okay, was there anything that bothered you? Uh, the timing, if anything, bothered me. The fact that he was on a plane, I think when they came out, there was an hour left in the flight, they were about to land, and then all the players learned that he's not going to be on the sideline. And they send the email to Harbaugh at like 3.48, and then, the next, and then they send the email to the media showing everybody that Harbaugh suspended at 349. So only a minute. And then that was on Friday games on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was a noon game, right? Yeah. So less than 24 hours for them to prepare for that adjustment. Yeah. Although they have played, they did play three games this year without him Mm -hmm. early on. But again, it's the biggest game to date. It's the one everybody's waiting on. They've gone through this stuff for a few weeks now. And then less than 24 hours before the game. I, my arc and arc, Issue was that the Big Ten put themselves in the middle of a situation, and they they kind of moved, they swayed the competitive balance in the direction of Penn State. Yeah. Um, argument on the other side, though, we 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 heard both sides was well, Michigan's unsportsmanlike conduct swayed the competitive balance in their favor because of that, and then, but I, I don't think the Big Ten that's their place to to do that. It was. Poor timing, I agree with you. 345 the day before um, could have been done uh, much better seeing how they had this information earlier in the week. Yeah. They could have given them more time. So that to me was, was they said it wasn't about Harbaugh, but that tells me it was a little bit. Um, Michigan's opponent this week is Maryland. Maryland. Maryland is supposed to be very good this year. They're not right now. Where are they? Four and four, four and five, somewhere around five that. and four. Five and four. Um does anything about the Maryland game concern you outside of the fact that Harbaugh will not be on the sideline? Um, well, normally when teams play big, big games, well, not all teams, but um, they get hangover games. They highly emotional game, college kids. Then they kind of come back to wherever they're playing and they start a little slow. And then some sometimes there's obviously look-ahead games where there's an opponent you're playing and there's a even there's a really big game, obviously Ohio State, and this is actually both for Michigan. Now, if there's any team that doesn't fall victim to those, it's Michigan because of the way they play, the physical way they play, running the ball usually always works when it comes to playing inferior opponents. They usually can't stop it when you when you're physical and you don't just like the Alabama teams of old. Is this a game on the road or at home? This is on the road. So another Maryland. road game. Yeah. So you you say potential for hangover game, potential for look ahead game, typical traits of you know young athletes, crunch part of the season. But Michigan's proven during all this turmoil that they almost revel in this stuff. Um, an ordinary year without the the controversy, maybe they, you know, that's it, it could be an issue. But now with this, I think their their senses are heightened. Yeah, I think that they are locked in on this stuff and. I don't, and, and then now you throw the third factor, no Harbaugh on the sideline again. We're on, we're at Friday. Now instead of, you know, 24, they offer 48 hours. So I think these Michigan kids are ready. They, they've, they're using this as a, you know, whether it's real or not, Michigan against the world. As coaches, we, we use whatever we can to get our kids locked in. So they're using this, uh, Feinbaum had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Of course he has a problem with everything, but, uh, Anyway, that that's where Michigan's at right now. So game time's at noon tomorrow. I'm sure everybody will be tuned in to see. Most people will want to see them fail. We're not in that camp. Uh, I don't go in and root against anybody with it. Ohio State has who tomorrow? Do you remember? Uh, no, well, I don't think it's a big game. 
Yeah, we'll we'll look that up and put it in our show notes. And then Georgia has Tennessee. Yeah. Okay, so Georgia, Tennessee. A Georgia win against Tennessee won't knock them out of the top 25. You thought you said that in the beginning, but I disagree. Uh, yeah. Because if it knocks them out of the top 25, then that ruins that whole SEC bias that you believe is existing right now. So SEC bias right now, we've got uh, Florida State at four, obviously ACC. Big wins against LSU and Clemson. Clemson's not what Clemson was supposed to be, and they struggled against Miami. Yeah. Uh, against a freshman starting his second game, I believe. Washington Pac-12. Um, I mean, they they have they have their top twenty-five wins are better, I think, than Florida State's, but they still won't give Washington the props. Move them over Florida State, even with that Oregon win, who's right behind them at six. Um, both Florida and Washington could write their own ticket, right? If they went out, yep. there's a good chance they both get in. Georgia wins out, good chance they get in. Um, you know, and then. Uh, number two, somebody's going to have to lose with Ohio State, Michigan. Obviously, yeah. they're playing each other. So we're going to assume, let's for argument's sake, because I don't want to get an argument, let's, let's say Ohio State wins it. Yeah. If they win this week, they beat, or I'm sorry, Michigan. Otherwise, you'd fight me here. Say Michigan wins it. So we're looking at, let's say, uh, an undefeated Georgia team, mm-hmm. an undefeated Michigan team, an undefeated Florida State team, undefeated Washington, if all four of those teams went out. What the heck happens to a team like Texas? Uh, well, in that situation, Texas gets left out. Uh, you got four undefeated teams. In that situation, I think Texas lost four undefeated teams, although I don't think Florida State should be in the top four. I, I guess you got to tip your cap there because they took care of business. You didn't. Yeah. Oklahoma game sucks, but uh, great season. It'll be better next year, probably. They'll, they'll play in a New Year's Six game against somebody, either Oregon or, you know, if Alabama doesn't win that. So one of those will be there. So, okay, four undefeated teams, all are from Power Five conferences. Basically, Texas, we're talking Texas here. Even though they're ranked ahead of Alabama right now, you seem to think Alabama has the upper hand. Uh, Yeah, I think. So, But let's go back. So the four undefeated Power Fives, we named the four that were in. Texas is out. Mm-hmm. Alabama's out. Um, Oregon's out. Let me ask you if Oregon beats Washington, who's in? Uh, then Oregon would slide in in that situation because, I'm, I mean, in my opinion, Oregon should slide in because they they avenged their only loss. They Washington can't be in there. They they lost, and there's no other team ahead of Oregon. So yeah, they I mean, beat they, the team they, ahead of them. Yeah, they they'd slide in. They beat an undefeated team championship. So you're saying. In the case that Georgia wins, one of the two Big Tens went out. We're saying Michigan in this case, to keep it simple. Florida State wins out. They slide up. And then Washington gets beat by Oregon, who is ranked number six right now. No, Oregon six, yeah. So they would beat the team ahead of them. Um, we think that there won't be a one-loss Big team, Ten team in there, though. We're saying Oregon slides into that spot Okay, uh, because they're a conference champion. Yeah. They won't put Michigan. They won't put Ohio State. Okay, now, here's my here's my kicker where I think I've got you. What if, again, one of the Big Ten teams, we said Michigan, Florida State wins out, Washington wins out, so you got your undefeateds, Alabama wins out against Georgia. Who gets in? Uh, in that situation with the how the committee's treated the SEC, I believe that Alabama will slide in. I don't think they should because I think head-to-head should matter a little bit. But um, I think that with the way they've treated the SEC, they will slide into the fourth spot. So one-loss Alabama team beating a Georgia team in the championship. You're saying they'll respect an undefeated Big Ten team. We like to think they would respect undefeated ACC and Pac-12. And then a one-loss Alabama team you think will jump Texas, mm-hmm. even though Texas beat them head-to-head going in uh to that even if let me ask you this even if texas wins the big 12 yeah i think that's that's the way they've treated the sec throughout the years yeah so we're, we're saying same scenario texas wins out alabama wins out texas is going mm-hmm. or i'm sorry alabama's going over yeah. there fair unfair i think it's unfair i think in texas's case they won their conference they got they lost in an heated rivalry game, I think on the road against Oklahoma, who's a top 15 opponent. Um, 
although the loss got looks worse and worse throughout the weeks, but it's still a top 15 opponent right now. Uh, they lost in a heat and rivalry game in Alabama, and they beat Alabama. So I think head-to-head should matter a little bit. They didn't just beat Alabama. They dominated them. They had the ball for seven-minute mark. They didn't give it back the whole time with just run plays. So I think Texas should slide in, but Alabama will. So that's interesting. So if Texas wins out, Alabama wins out, we're saying there's a, you know, one of the big tens are going to lose. Georgia's in. Michigan's in. Florida State's in. But we're saying that one loss Washington team, uh-huh. you think Alabama jumps um, in over Oregon, over Texas? Yeah. Interesting. Cause, but that, which is kind of crazy because they'd be rewarding Alabama for winning against somebody above them, but they would not be rewarding Oregon for doing the same. Mm-hmm. But going back in time now, Florida State, you think Florida State and Washington hold their destiny in their own hands? Yes, I think so. I think if Washington goes on the field and one of the two Big Ten teams, they're going to have to slide Washington in. There's no reason not to. They beat. I think Oregon is not going to move out of the top 10 for a Pac-12 loss. So they're going to beat a top 10 opponent twice. Um, I think that's a great, those are two great wins against the same team. But uh, In Florida State, they already have it and they can't move them out because they kept winning. I don't think that makes any sense. Yeah, they it, unless they have some really bad moments there and sneak by a bad, you know, bad opponent late. But yeah, they've already rewarded the zero loss thing. So all this stems back to your original point of, we think way back at the beginning of the show, Missouri doesn't belong at number nine. Yeah. That number nine, Missouri, that number 18, Tennessee, provide an old Miss being at what, 12, 14, mm-hmm. somewhere in there? 14. 14. That gives the SEC the power numbers they need uh, to do it. I don't think Tennessee will slide down with a Georgia win victory. I think they'll they'll hold they'll hold still, maybe drop to twenty. But I agree with you. I don't I think that Missouri movement up was huge because that does allow the overall ambiance of the SEC um to to exist uh, here and then get get your buddy Feinbaum. You know, I shouldn't be so fired up. You should be happy about that. So last show, we, we let you give your top 10. Do you have a top 10 you want to share this show to kind of close us out? Or did we are we missing anything here? Um, No, I don't think so. We covered it all. Gave you a shot. I do like, now, I, I laugh at the SEC being ranked so high, but but look at the, the Pac-12 here. I mean, Washington is number five, Oregon six. Oregon State is, what, 11? Yeah. And Utah 16. Not a lot of respect. Um for a team like Washington being number five behind ACC undefeated team. And then, you know, we'll see what happens with the one loss big 10 team. And then if Alabama makes Georgia one loss team, I I wouldn't put it past and put two SEC teams in over another conference champion. So it's done been done before. Okay. So top 10 here, you gave your top 10 last week. I'm going to guess that Missouri's not going to be in your top 10. They're ranked number nine in the college football coaches poll. Um, after watching this, what what do you prioritize? Do you prioritize strength of schedule? Now you, I know you include them all, but what's the most important thing to you? Is it the eye test? Who's playing good football right now? Is it these numbers, defensive uh, ranking, offensive ranking? Like you mentioned with Penn State, I'm guessing they're going to be higher up than they are in the coaches' poll. Um, or is it the strength of schedule? Uh, I prioritize the eye test mostly. I like to watch it and see who's the best team. I like. Most of the time, there's some teams where I watch them, like, yeah, that's the best team in the country. Obviously, there can't be more than one best team in the country. But I've watched Michigan and thought that. I've thought I've watched Georgia and thought that. I watched Washington and Oregon and thought that they could be one of the best teams in the country. I've not yet seen that with Ohio State. I've not yet seen that with Florida State. And I'll give you that. But, I, for our audience here, I question whether the committee watches video. I question whether they even watch the games. But you're watching all these games live that we're talking about. I know how the TVs are. There's three TVs going on. You're going crazy back and forth watching it. You're taking notes. You love football. Um, and you're also watching film, which a lot of the – I don't know if a lot of these guys are doing based on their rankings. But but go ahead. Let, let's hear your top ten. And go go nice and easy. You don't have to go rapid fire here. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to start with one. I think number one is Michigan, as I said earlier. I think they have the best running back in the country, the best line in the country, the, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And I think they have the best defense in the country. So I think Michigan is the best team in the country. I think number two is Georgia. 
I had my doubts about Georgia against Auburn, but I think they've more than shoved that win out. And I think they've had way more impressive weeks. Ole Miss last week, they destroyed them by like 45 points. Um, And then I think they're the second best team in the country. I think number one in the country is fine. Mich- yep, one but, and two. Michigan's yeah. two, or uh, Georgia two, who's three? Uh, Number three in the country, I think you put Washington there. I think Washington's got a great quarterback, a great two great receivers, great offense. Their defense is shaky, but um, they I offer think, very little resistance. Yeah. To defense. And number four, uh, this I know it's not fair to an undefeated Big Ten team, but I've watched Oregon. I think they'd avenge their loss against Washington if they played today. I think Bo Nix is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. First round pick. Uh huh. Um, I think they have they're the probably the most well rounded team in the Pac twelve, other than Michigan and Georgia. They're the most well rounded team in the country. I wouldn't want to play them in the in, no. the in the playoffs. I think you're right in that. I think offensively, defensively, they they could be. I think that's a good phrase. The most well rounded group in the country. But I'm surprised you put them at four there. So Oregon at four. Who's five? Uh, Ohio State. Um, Ohio State is they got a great defense it's like reverse Ohio State from last year last year they had great offense great quarterback great receivers they still have great receivers but um, I think they decided they wanted to be uh, tougher than last year which I don't we'll see if that works against Michigan but um, I think that I don't, I don't I don't watch them and I don't think they're one of the four best teams in the country Think they're right on the edge, but I don't. I don't watch it, and I don't see number one and number one or two in the country. Okay, so five for Ohio State. Give us your last five here, six through ten, real quick. Um, number six, I think, is Texas. I think Texas is. I thought they had a bad loss against Oklahoma, but I think they're really fast. They have a really fast defense. They got a great quarterback. They got great weapons. I think they're one of the most athletic teams in the country. Ewers is his name, right? The quarterback. Ewers, yeah. Ewers. Little news on him here. He's, he's decided to come back to school. What's that mean for Arch Manning? Now you see him transferring? Uh, I could see it. USC's probably the best thing. But I don't know. I don't think it's confirmed. I think it's rumored. There's a really strong chance. But, yeah, um, Arch Manning is looking like he might transfer. Could be on the market. Okay, so I interrupted you. Six is Texas. Who's seven and eight? Uh, seven, I think Alabama. Um. I know I just ranted about SEC bias and have them Alabama rated higher than the committee does, but um, I think Alabama's a good team. Um, I think their quarterback is improved. they're playing good football. That's this is Sa- Coach Saban's best coaching job, maybe in the last decade with Alabama. They were they did not look they barely beat South Florida. Thank God for lightning yeah. that stopped the game to let them regroup. But uh, yeah, they they have looked they look terrible early on. This is a good Alabama team again. If they get into the college football playoff, I wouldn't bet against them, and I, I think they're going to give Georgia a run for their money in the SEC championship game if that's the matchup. So you said Alabama seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we have an undefeated team. Are they going to appear anywhere? Yeah, they're going to appear right here. Uh, Florida State. I don't know. I don't watch them. I've not watched them all year and thought that they are a four number four number three, or anywhere in the top four. I think they have a good quarterback. I think they rely on him way too much. I think if that quarterback, went, God forbid, went down with injury, they they wouldn't even be in the top ten. But he, even if he won't, I, I think that one, one team, one good team is going to take him away. I just don't know if it's going to be in the regular season. Okay. 9-10, um, who you got? 9, um, I think uh, Penn State. I think that they have a great – Great defense. I think their offense has been harped on a lot. I think their offense is not quite good to take the next step as a team like they've wanted to do the last two years, but I think they're on the right track. It, uh, it's going to get a lot tougher with the new Big Ten. But um, yeah. So they were 10 last week in the poll, and, they, and you, you would move them up one? Yeah. And then who's 10? Louisville? Louisville, yeah. So Okay, so Louisville – uh, would be a one loss, 10, Penn State a nine. I can respect that. I think Penn State, so you have the ACC at eight and 10. Yeah. You have three Big Ten teams in there at one, five, and nine. That's respect for the Big Ten. Pac 12, you got what? F- uh, 
Washington is three for you. Yeah. Three and four. So respect for the Pac-12. SEC got one and seven. Two and seven. I Two and seven. I'm sorry. Georgia's one in the other pool. And then you got a, a lone Big 12 team in there at number six with Texas. So um, not bad. I, I, I like a gutsy call with Oregon, but I, I think Oregon's one of the best four teams in the country right now. Uh, I question Washington because they, they don't guard anybody. But uh, real quick now, we're running out of time here, but there's there's a the Heisman Trophy is going to be coming up uh, in, in a couple weeks. We thought uh, McCarthy would be in the running for it uh, a couple weeks back. With the Michigan scandal on, you know there's going to be some reporters and writers that leave them off. Yeah. Voters will leave them off, and that'll that'll hurt that process. But um, who's your front runner right now? If it were today, who would? Who if it were today, it'd probably be Michael Penix. He's played lights out. Washington quarterback. Yeah. By the end of the year, I think it'll be Bo Nix because, like I said, I think they'll avenge their loss. And I think if he outplays Penix, he's going to jump him in the Heisman. So I think by the end of the year, it'll be Knicks, but right now it's Penix. But that championship game will be after the Heisman's selected, so he's going to have to have his Heisman moment in the next couple of weeks. They don't play each other before then, right? They don't? I don't believe so. In a regular season game? Uh, they played already once. Yeah. So they won't play the championships till after the I know Heisman. they don't play each other, but the Heisman's not till after. They, they will play their the, – oh, the Pac-12 championship maybe before that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Glad we get to argue out loud here on air for 60,000 people. To hear it, I'm even less enthused that you were right in there. So we can put that on your website, www.imright.com. Mm-hmm. You still own that domain name? Yeah. Okay, good. So um, that's not bad. So we've got a couple of coaching opens. I don't want to go through the whole coaching's carousel, but the biggest one we saw Jimbo Fisher fired at Texas A&M. He is making $28,000 a day for the next eight years. But if, you know, a few other openings we we saw, we you know, Mississippi State's open, Michigan State obviously, Northwestern's open. But uh, Texas A&M, it's an SEC job. Um, who do you see? Who, who do you see as candidates for that job? Um, I think Mike Elkel, the Duke coach, he's done a great job. They've been better than they have in the last couple of years. He's yeah, it's a, hard to win there. He's, it's a basketball school. He's made it into a football school. He's been. They've been. They were ranked at some point. They played uh, Notre Dame pretty tough, and Notre Dame's a solid football team. Uh, I think he's a good candidate for that job. I think Texas A and M, with when it comes to, yeah, they got the money. They're going to spend money on players. They're going to do the NI, uh, the name, image, and likeness, the NIL stuff, and they are fu- they are funded. And when you fire somebody and you're paying them twenty eight million or twenty eight thousand dollars a day for eight years. That next one better be a home run, man. Yeah. Um, so Ross uh, over there at uh, Texas A&M, the AD there, I know him. Um, I'm sure he had the support to do it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it. But next one better be a slam dunk. So you think Elko is who, – who are two other – give me two other candidates that you're hearing. Um, Lane Kiffin is one up. Ole one Miss. Up, yeah. Ne- never, never, uh, never a dull moment with Lane Kiffin. He's mm-hmm. always willing to look at that bigger, better deal. So I agree there. And then give me a sleeper that you think nobody's talking about that may – uh, Dabo Sweeney. Um, I think Dabo Sweeney has a lot. I think the way the way Clemson's not. I think he could leave for a lot more money. Um, the one uh, wrench you could throw on it is that he does he doesn't support NIL. But I think he might jump off that train real quick when it comes to Texas A and M SEC job. He's a he's a Southern guy. Although Texas, yeah, he's a Southern guy. I think. Uh, Texas A&M for Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Well, I think, well, they have the money to spend and he, this experience at Clemson, I think, and, and you and I spoke about this off the air, he has the position of, he doesn't support the NIL. I think Clemson as a university doesn't put a lot of money into it. And Dabo is a company guy. He's been there. He's helped Clemson rise, paid his dues as a player to walk on in Alabama as a player. I think that's the company line. I think he's protecting his brand there by saying that. Well, I also think he believes it, but I also know that, shoot, if he could go dominate some people at Texas A&M and they're willing to put the NIL money, he'll he'll figure it out. Yeah. He did that with recruiting. He's not handling transfers either, which is interesting. So he's going to have to adapt a little bit, I would guess, to, to stay relevant. But he's done a nice job as they're growing at the end of the year, subpar year for him. But in the last seven years, there's only two programs with multiple national titles. you got Georgia, Alabama. And Clemson. And Clemson. Third program is Clemson. So he's done a heck of a job there. Anything we're missing, Tanner, on the sauce here that you want to give the audience? Who will you be watching tomorrow? 
Uh, I'll be watching. As if we have to ask. Uh, Michigan, Maryland at noon. Then 3.30, I guess, Georgia, Tennessee is on. Uh, that, that'll that be a solid one. It's in Tennessee. Tennessee hasn't lost at home in a while. So, Last team to beat them? Uh, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Two years ago, but that's not when. Tennessee wasn't wasn't Tennessee then. So that'll be a that'll be a fun one. And then Washington Oregon State is a is one to keep your eye on. Oregon State's actually favored in that game. Yeah. Which is uh surprising Former Clemson quarterback. Uh DJ I I, I can't pronounce his last name. Uncle Ameyu? Did I say it right? No, I don't no. think so. All right, thanks um, for correcting me twice on the show. Appreciate well, that. Well, I can't say it either. All so right, go ahead. um Oregon State Washington at 7:30 will be a big one. Um yeah, I think that'll be probably the best one of the day. And um, game day's not going there, though. They are going where? Uh, it James Appalachian Ma- State, James Madison, I think. James Madison is, is a 1AA, and they're not permitted to play in any of the, the big bowl games because of their status. They did petition. It was denied, I think, today. Um, but uh, undefeated James Madison team. Fun fun football to watch. Good program. So Ranked in the AP pool. They are, yeah. We'll watch that. We'll watch game day because we don't miss it. But uh, I agree with you. I think that uh, I'm going to be on par with you with those games. But the, that Pac-12 game late is going to be an interesting watch there because uh, Oregon State is favored. Interesting that they're favored, but uh, we'll see. But I'm, I wanted to. I'll tune in for that Michigan game and probably coast the rest of the day. So, all right, bud. Well, that's that's it for the second episode of the Sauce. Here, how'd you feel? You did? I think I did well. I like the the way the show is. I like. Fun second episode, fun second week, and uh, great co-host. Yep, looking forward to. Watching. I didn't see that on your notes, so I figured I'd throw that in oh. for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, looking forward to watching college football tomorrow: Michigan, Maryland, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, and then Washington, Oregon State. Okay, well, you, I'll let you use my social media account since you don't have social media to. Uh, I'll let you tweet out some responses there, so pay attention. Tanner will have my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. So if you see misspellings. That's him, not me on there. So uh, with that, episode 358 on the network, Real Voices of the Game. This is the sauce, episode two. I think we may get to an episode three based on how you're going. Uh, I want you to keep a close eye on that coaching carousel. Keep a close eye on the Heisman watch and report back to us next week. Uh, We have Thanksgiving next week, so we may sneak in a show right before Thanksgiving with you to get some stuff out there. But to our audience, 60,000 and growing, thank you for your support. Give this one five stars. Write some nice comments under there. And to Blackout Coffee, be awake, not woke. Thanks for your support. 20% off. Use David, all caps, with the number 20 after it. And with that, I'm Dave D'Agostino, your producer, co-host, Tanner D'Agostino. You want to say goodbye, Tanner? Uh, thanks for watching and uh, goodbye. Nobody watched you, brother. It's audio only. They listened to you. So I, the only one that had to watch you was me. So thank you for that. It was another great episode. And uh, with that, the sauce is out. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. What's in the sauce? I have the sauce. Who got the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. Who got the sauce? I got the sauce. What's in the sauce? I, I, I have the sauce. Okay.